my fellow Angelinos. Welcome back to another episode of Uncontested. I'm your host, Alan Rodriguez, with my co-host, Jeremy. That's right. And Jeremy, what we got going on today? Well, Alan, and ladies and gents, boys and girls of all ages, we are coming at you with another episode of Uncontested. But this isn't just any episode. We have another special edition episode coming for you right here right now and guess what we're gonna focus on we will be focusing on drum roll please we are doing a full segment of 90 minutes we will be coming at you with football soccer football and more football so this is going to be great fantastic looking forward to it we we already did a similar episode to this when we spoke about just the champions league that was great. Honestly, Alan, that was one of my favorite episodes that we did that we've done so far. I love every episode. I'm not discriminating the other episodes. But that was great. I think nah, I think I think you are, bro. Honestly, I think you uh, I think episode three was your favorite one. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I mean, I think I think it's just good to talk soccer. You know, soccer is one that it's a sport that you and I are, I think, probably more well versed than anything. You know, I mean, we enjoy watching it. We enjoy, you know, whether it's on TV or live at a stadium, we've gone before, whether we're playing it, you know, at our little indoor sessions when we go play at, you know, uh, US5 and Norway. I mean, it doesn't matter what anything soccer related you and I get to enjoy. It's it's always good. So for us to do another full segment of just 90 minutes, I'm looking forward to it, man. I think it's going to be good. And for all the listeners that are excited about soccer and the MLS coming back, you know, we're here to break down everything for you guys. Looking forward to this episode, man. I know I agree. This episode's gonna be good to all our fellow listeners and to new ones. Again, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate all of you. I hope you enjoy this podcast. And um, yeah, as Jeremy was saying, today is a special edition again of 90 minutes, but this one we focus on MLS because MLS is back. We've been waiting for this tournament to come back since last year, since COVID hit. So now a lot of expectations, obviously, Jeremy, um, for all our listeners, you know, obviously this is through audio, but Jeremy's busting out his uh, LA Galaxy jersey. He's a huge LA Galaxy fan and he's an employee there as well. And as for me, I'm a huge LAFC fan. You know, I'm a season ticket holder. Um, I wish I could have gone to the game today, but because of the roulette, wasn't able to, but that's all right. I'll probably have a higher chance of attending the next game. But yes, we're going to dive into MLS. There's a lot going on already. Obviously, it just kicked off yesterday um, with the Sounders in Minnesota going at it and San Jose and Houston Dynamo going at it. And today we got games going on today. Um, LEFC's home opener is literally, I'll probably say, 45 minutes away. A couple so, minutes of kickoff. Yeah, we're close. Yes. So, And then Galaxy takes on uh, David Beckham's uh, side, Inter-Miami out there in the beaches of south beach so let's see how that turns out but yeah let's dive in into uh what we're gonna talk about today jeremy so what that's so what so, so what should we talk about today first all right with so much that we have going on a lot going on with mls whether it's the schedule whether it's the news and analysis that has been taking the league by storm and this past off season you know we're gonna be bringing you guys everything that will help you all understand, all keep up with the current MLS season. And if you're going to watch the MLS for the first time this season, that's okay. You know, if you've never 
really gotten into soccer, if you've never really been a fan of just, you know, soccer here in the US, maybe you like other leagues, you know, out in Europe, like in England or Italy or, you know, Spain, I, I would definitely recommend giving MLS a try. You know, we're going to do our best. Alan and I here are going to be doing our best to try to give you guys all the news, all the information to help you guys stay up to date. So that way you guys can keep up with it the way we do. So without further ado, Alan, we're going to go in right now, diving into 90 minutes, full episode right here, right now. Let's go. Welcome to the 26th year of our great American soccer party underway. So again, welcome to 90 Minutes. So again, in this segment, we're going to talk about, you know, LA Galaxy, LEFC, any news, updates on them, the overall picture of MLS. And we're also going to talk about any other like European competitions, just like just like the Champions League. So again, first and foremost, MLS is back. So I think yes. the one thing we can probably, I think the one thing we can touch base on is the first thing is fans are back into the stadiums. Jeremy, how does how does that make you feel as a Galaxy fan? Well, I, as a fan in general, you know, uh, a fan of soccer, I could argue that we could say that every sport suffers from not having fans in attendance, you know, but I think you can agree with me, Alan, that I think uh, out of all the leagues here in the U.S., I think the MLS is one of the bigger leagues that suffered the most. You know, it was it's it's weird watching a soccer game with no fans because for those of you that have never seen a soccer game, soc- the sport of soccer and the fans that attend soccer games are unrivaled. They they present an atmosphere that is so much different from uh, any other sport. You know, it, it's one of the it's one of the environments where fans can help make decent games into great games, and they can make great games into unforgettable experiences. You know, and if you're ever interested in knowing what a passionate, fantastic fan base, you know, looks like in soccer, you guys can look at all the leagues in Europe, you know, whether it's, you know, teams like Liverpool, whether it's teams like Real Madrid, like Dortmund, you know, there's just there's so many different fan bases over there that are always chanting, you know, singing praises. They're they're very integrated into the game. So it's a big part of what makes soccer so unique. And the fact that we're having fans back in the MLS, I think is great. Me as a Galaxy fan, I'm excited to be able to, you know, watch games and see people cheering on, like just cheering on the teams again, you know. And you, Alan, I'm sure as an LAFC fan, I, I can tell you, I mean, I've been to a couple games with you myself. You know, I, I've seen what the atmosphere is like at the Bank of California Stadium, you know, and 
I mean, I'm I'm excited. You know, I, how do you feel about the bank being able to host fans again? You know, and how do you feel that as a, as a season ticket member, you can go back again? I think for me, um, it feels good for one because, um, yeah, I agree what you said. Um, having fans in the stadium is important. That is the twelfth man, which you consider from the eleven that play on the field, and it's it's a big important part of the game. Um, they can literally bring you back up if you're still down to nothing in the game they're cheering they're chanting would just get you there get you hype um again i've been seeing this i'm a huge liverpool fan and i've been seeing that that it really has affected us with the in the team and squad you know not having the fans there to push you to uh you know turn around a two nothing score or a three nothing score or being down to one 10 minutes left of regulation so yeah, having fans back is it's amazing. It's gonna be good. Uh, obviously, we're taking baby steps based on COVID protocols, but I think for me being able to go back and watch LAFC play, it it's it's a dream come true. I've been waiting for this moment, and it's gonna be good when I'm able to attend a game again and see for myself. You know, have that feeling of like man, like things are slowly coming back to normal again. So it feels good to be able to see, you know, a game of LAFC. And, and I hope, you know, as the months go, we're, a, we're all able to, like, enjoy a game where we can just go freely. You know, there's no more restrictions. There's just, there's just a choice of us willing to go and enjoy it. So, yeah, um, I agree with everything that you said, Jeremy. Having fans back is crucial in today's uh, – for, to, for this season, that's about to embark because, you know, it's um, LAFC needs it. LA Galaxy needs it. So, I mean, we got the rivalry and it makes El Trafico better. Again, I'm not I'm not used to that. Used to that headline. I, I was I was crazy. I was kind of more into like the I was kind of more into the uh, LA Classico or something like that. But El Trafico, I guess we'll have to go with it. But, you know, it, but as you heard, like for any Galaxy fans here, you heard Jeremy has attended LAFC fans because, again, he's he's turning, you know, slowly but surely. So he had to take a sip of his nah, Modelo right now nah, just to like nah, be like, nah, oh, damn. Nah, like <laughs> So and uh, but yeah, uh, definitely um, fans, you know, having fans back is important, Jeremy. So just a quick side note, I'm never crossing over to the dark side. I will forever bleed blue white and gold for the galaxy and i will never ever ever cross over to be an lafc fan i'll go and enjoy a soccer game just just like the next person i'm not gonna say no you know to go have the opportunity to see top players you know play in a stadium like that i that i i'll never turn down but for me to put on an lafc jersey for me to wear any lafc no way nope never ever no amount of money in the world will allow me to put on that on Hate to break it to all the LFC fans, but I just can't do it. Cannot. Yeah, he'll probably he'll eventually break, guys. You know, mm, um, I don't know. Again, you know they they haven't won they haven't won in seven years. So you know at, at this point they're starting to sound the Yankees of the league. You know, twenty eight rings. You know, blah blah blah. So at this point it's like and no not not to hate to Yankee fans, but you know that's the narrative. You know for that for for the for the Galaxy fans out here. So we'll see. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot riding for both clubs. Um, obviously, you know, for LAFC, you know, expect expectations are high, but for one thing's for sure, for LA Galaxy, they're in that same boat as well. So with that, if you guys are wondering where where you guys can watch these games, well, Galaxy, you know, if anyone has Spectrum, Spectrum, they they're 
they have their own channel. So you can have you can watch all the Galaxy games on their channel. Um, FS1, Fox Sports 1, um, Univision, um, Deportes. So sometimes they'll pass the Galaxy games or not, depending on the popularity. But those are certain those are three channels that you guys can you know check out and watch these games again for for my FC fans. You know, um they're about to kick off at 3 p.m. today. So hopefully you guys watch the game. Obviously, this this podcast is probably gonna be released on Monday, but however, I hope you guys were able to watch the game um at 3 p.m. and just have a look at the new squad because we have we have a we have a different squad and we'll get into that. Jeremy will get into that about the LA Galaxy and um yeah but again I think having fans back is big um the league schedule I don't think I don't think Jeremy there's any difference in the league schedule any changes to it or am I missing something it's a it's a slight difference so real quick though going back to the uh the broadcasting uh stations that you were talking about so most of the games will be nationally televised so that would be on ABC, on ESPN, on Fox, FS1, Unimas, and Univision, just like Alan said. So those are all the broadcasting stations that you will be able to catch games at. Now, if you don't have a game available, it will be available to stream on ESPN+. Plus. So if you're not having access to a game live in real time, you can still manage to stream it on ESPN+. Plus. Although... There are blackout restrictions, you know, local blackout restrictions. So I would just keep an eye out on that. But for the most part, they're going to be televising a lot of games. And it's actually funny, Alan. So LAFC and Galaxy will have the most televised games this season. And both of them have 16 games televised. That is more than any other club in, in the MLS. Both of them at 16. Wow, it's, that's incredible. But at the same time, kind of kind of surprised because... I don't know if um, I guess the popularity has grown so much. The demand for them to watch the games has grown so much. It's probably the reason why. That actually that is surprising to me. As you know, I I was not expecting that because um, I was gonna add to the I was gonna add to your broadcasting uh, choices. Um, for all my LAFC fans, we if you have Estrella TV, that is the home that is the provider for all LAFC games. So apart from if you don't have all the other channels that Jeremy mentioned, if you have Estrella TV, all the LAFC games will be broadcast through there. There will be no blackout, no blackout, or anything like that. If you have that channel, you'll definitely be able to catch all the LAFC games on there. So, but however, adding to what Jeremy just said, that is amazing. That is incredible. So I guess, <laughs> I guess if if we were in front of our both our squads, like don't fail us now, you know. Yeah, it was a good show. So, yeah, you know, for for these for these TV broadcast companies to broadcast our our games, it's a lot of money involved. That's for sure. So, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and you know, these are our two clubs on national TV. This isn't just a select audience. This is nationally televised, meaning the entire country has the option to watch what you're doing so you better not mess this up you better not make a fool of yourself and you better hope that you perform well because if you do happen to commit an error if you do happen to have something go wrong it will be magnified because everyone in the country has access to see that so that's what makes it interesting yeah and it does i think that's what jeremy just said it's more to the galaxy i don't know because i mean i you know 
they're the one they're the, they're the knuckleheads of the league so well we'll um, get we'll, into that we'll get into that <laughs> we'll get but um all right jeremy anything else we want to add before we move on yeah so going back to the schedule um so as of this season there's 27 teams in the mls in case you guys didn't know so the new team that is being added this season is the one that is facing LAFC in the home opener, and that is Austin Football Club. They are the new team in town. They are the, the new shiny toy that is growing in Texas. And I think it's going to be exciting to see, you know, kind of how they are. It's kind of hard to predict how an expansion team is going to do. You know, that's it's really hard. There's been teams that have been extremely successful in their first seasons. I mean, you can look at LAFC and Atlanta United as two examples of that. And then there's Seattle other teams. Sounders. Yeah, there's there's been a couple. Yeah, we've had a good amount of teams that in their first season have performed very well and they got accustomed to the league very quickly. But there's also the possibility that a first team, you know, a, a team's inaugural season doesn't go very well. And then maybe it's just because, you know, it's it's their first year. Maybe they're still getting used to everything. Maybe it's not quite the way they want it to go to. So to kind of predict how Austin FC is going to go, it's a little bit of a coin flip. It's up in the air. But what we do know is that they are the 27th team to be added, you know, and each team will play 34 games this season. That's going to be 17 home games and 17 away games. And this is a huge change because last season we were extremely limited with the amount of games. It wasn't a typical full schedule. It was extremely limited because of COVID. But nonetheless, you know, we're playing 17 home, 17 away. So I, I think that's way more of a like normal number i think that's good for every team and it's split into western and eastern conferences just like it is you know in the nba the only difference with this season though is that in an effort to cut down travel because of the pandemic teams are largely going to play against teams within their own conference so western conference teams are going to play mostly western conference teams and same thing goes for the east there's going to be, I believe, maybe like three or four games of interconference play. But for the most part, they're going to be seeing teams in their own conference. So we're likely to see a couple. I think there's, what, three or four El Traficos scheduled for this year. It's something like that. I mean, it's it's going to be I a lot. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a typical schedule. But, you know, this is closer to normal than we have been since the pandemic started. So I think that's what's, that's what's the good news. And... What are they all fighting for? You know, what are what exactly are these teams playing for? Well, that's for a shot at the MLS Cup. You know, that's that's a chance to make the postseason so that you can get into the tournament and have your chance to win that coveted trophy. And if you finish as the best regular season team, you will also be awarded the supporter shield, you know, and that's another trophy that is somewhat coveted because winning the supporter shield. Or winning the MLS Cup guarantees you a spot in the CONCACAF Champions League for next season. So it's it's one that teams are always looking out for. It's it's trophies, you know, that teams are always aspiring to get. So this is going to be good. You know, the fact that we're able to return to a somewhat normal schedule, I, I think, is important. And like Alan said, you know, this is going to be something that we've been looking forward to. It's something that we're keeping an eye out on, you know, for both our teams. And it, it should be a good season, Alan. I really think it'll be good. Yeah, it should be. And adding to um, to the scheduling. So, yeah, there will be three El Traficos this year. Um, I think in the past, we've only experienced two. 
Yeah, I it's believe. usually one home, one away. Yeah. Yeah. So there'll be three. So and it's looking like I think I think Galaxy will be hosting twice at their house and then once at our and then once at LEFC. So and then the first matchup is scheduled for well, actually, <laughs> we're basically three weeks away. And that'll be the first matchup, the first El Trafico. Is that May eighth? May eighth. May eighth. Yes. So and that will be at the Dignity Health uh, Arena. And then yeah. And then after that, they won't meet until August for at the Bank of California. So but yeah, adding to Jeremy, there will be three three special editions of um of El Traficos. And but yeah, again, the scheduling, you know, the way it is. So if there's if there's anybody of our current or new listeners that don't really know how the schedule is structured for this for this um, season, you I guess the best reference I can give you a picture of the NBA. The NBA went in the similar route. They when they schedule like um almost their 72 games that they played um for this year, like the majority the majority of the teams to have less restrictive travel, they're doing, they're playing all the Western conference teams and then all the Eastern conference teams together. So that's probably, if you guys have been, if any of our followers or um, that I've been listening, if you guys have been following that, that's exactly how MLS is going to go as well. So again, it's just for the safety of the players. You know, I definitely don't want anybody to get sick from COVID Knowing that right now, yes, there's vaccinations, but we don't know what rate that is and how things are going with that, if each player is getting vaccinated or not. But, yeah, um, so that's the scheduling. So, again, um, some sense of normality. You know, hey, more soccer games, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah. So, um, but definitely, you know, we'll see how that turns out. We'll see how that plays out when it comes to playoff times because, again, you know, let's say if Jeremy's team beats us three times of the season that we meet, come playoff time, if it's different. So, and it could be vice versa. So, um, but yeah, I think uh, I think when we touch certain topics, anything else you want to add, Jeremy? Yeah, playoffs are definitely what matter more. You know, regular season is cool. It's good. You know, it, it sets us up for the postseason, but what happens in the postseason is what matters. So, that is what we're all trying to get. That's what all the teams are trying to, to earn, you know, through the regular season. It's it's postseason, postseason, postseason. So what else we got going on, Alan? I mean, there's there's a lot to dive into, you know. Uh, I mean, had, have you had a chance to kind of see what the games were like yesterday with uh, the San Jose or the Seattle game? So just to, just to add, so obviously, you know, MLS started yesterday. Um, with the uh, Seattle Sounders and Minnesota and Houston and San Jose kicking it off for us, and Seattle, um, they kicked off their season in a well in a very good manner, and they won four nothing over Minnesota. Um, I believe Jeremy, you shared some highlight reels from that game. I did uh, sick sick goals, um, potential uh, goal of the year uh, candidates, and um, yeah, that's that, and then. Over, over at Houston, um, they won 2-1 against uh, Almeida's side, San Jose, former Chivas coach. Mayra um, Yad, I miss him so much, so that sucks. I feel bad. But, um, um, yeah, that's those are the score lines. So, again, lots of goals already scored. Um, I think Seattle, that's a good – it's a good step for them because they are, they are always chosen to win it all. Um, the MLS Cup, their favorites. 
So, but today, today's Saturday, and you have a lot of teams kicking off. So again, um, adding to the expansion team, it's definitely for Austin FC. That's the one that's going to be um, the the center focus for this opening to see how they do. Big test um, for them. Big test. Um, obviously, if anyone is familiar with Matthew McConaughey, he's the owner of that club, and it seems and it seems that um, he's very in, very well invested in that club. He's not going to be that type of owner where like, oh, okay, I have a team and just forget about it. Now he's very, he's highly invested. I'm sure for any of, a, of our LAFC listeners in this podcast, he's just like Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is into the squad. He's invested in it, making sure that the squad is doing good. So Matthew McConaughey, you know, he's going to make sure that Austin FC becomes a powerhouse and the uh, center point for the soccer world out there in austin texas so but we'll see how it goes and um with that um we can start off jeremy again i think one of the biggest news that i've seen was obviously you know every season for any sport they come out with their preseason or a preview of like uh who's gonna finish top top dog in the in the mls and uh, again lefc was chosen to be the winner of mls of the mls cup do I agree with it? I I don't really agree with it because, again, they're putting high expectations on us. I mean, I'm flattered that you know they see us that we still have a potential play a potential uh, team that can win it all. Which I agree because we didn't lose anybody that important. Um, obviously, there was a lot of transfer talk between uh, Rossi, um, Atuesta, great players. You know, being looked at in Europe to see if they're going to go or not. But it turns out no one picked them up. So basically we have all our core back. We did add, we did add a couple of uh, young players from the super draft, um, a forward, some forwards, um, a midfielder and a center back. But um, yeah, all the squad is back. So we'll definitely see. Um, I'm not, I don't know if Jeremy, if you saw those, those rankings, what do they have? What did they put galaxy? Do you know? I know the LA galaxy are not a perennial title favorite i know uh lafc that's right. that's yeah right. uh, it's okay we're going through a very small rebuilding phase and that that's understandable why they wouldn't pick us to win right away completely understand why you know as a fan i'm like well what the heck man we're the galaxy but me as a sort of me seeing this from an unbiased perspective i can understand you know we're we have a new head coach he's bringing in new players you know, it's it's a whole new system that he's trying to put into play, a new mentality, you know, a new culture he's trying to instill in the locker room. So it's never easy to go ahead and just have everything just gel together so perfectly where it it ends in an MLS trophy. Uh, understandable that we're not picked as title favorites, you know, and when I saw the rankings, you know, LAFC was listed as title favorites in some way. I, I'm not too surprised you know for the reasons that alan said you know they didn't really lose anyone big you know the only question was you know sort of like what's left for diego rossi to do you know to earn himself a move out to europe you know and i mean he won the golden boot last season you know he he ended with the most goals in mls i i was wondering if maybe he was gonna go out to europe but the fact that he's still wearing black and gold uniform suggests that they're in a good position to win you know and with a lot coming in the galaxy, there, there's a lot of expectations set. You know, I mean, you look at the new head coach, Greg Vanny. He was the former coach for Toronto FC. He was around at the same time when Sebastian Giovinco 
was arriving for Toronto FC. And we know how successful those teams were. I mean, they won, I believe it was two MLS Cups. I could, I, they, they made it consecutively. It was two MLS Cups. And they made it, I believe, three years in a row. I could be wrong. But it, it, they were a very successful team. You know, Greg Vanny did a very fantastic job with that Toronto team. I mean, it helps when you have a player like Giovinco on your roster. I mean, he was in the running for MVP just about every season he played here in the MLS. But nonetheless, you know, he was able to make the squad gel together and mesh it very well. So he has similar expectations, bringing all his experience to the Galaxy. And it's one it's one thing to kind of note, he used to play for the Galaxy. He, it was years ago, you know, mind you, when... It was in the early 2000s, I believe, but he was a former player for the Galaxy. So he knows what it means to wear the crest. He knows what it means to wear the colors for the uniform. So I think that's what's going to be good for the team. And you look at the players that were brought in, you know, he focused more on defense. You know, he brought in uh, John, I believe it was not Jonathan Williams. Uh, uh, Williams is the last name for the center back. He was playing out in the English championship. That is the second division out in England, you know, and that just wanted to bring in more experience on that back line because I'm pretty sure he saw it. We all, us as galaxy fans see that that is a big, big target on our backs. That's a big Achilles heel for us where our defense is always very leaky. I feel like it has more holes than a slice of Swiss cheese and it, it can be pretty bad at times, you know? So, I mean, for us to, Finally address it. I think that's a big, big sign for the team. I think they're going in the right way. And we also brought in a new goalkeeper that is Jonathan Bond. That was the former keeper from West Brom out in England. That is another, I think, another good addition that the team is making. And we need to see if Greg Vanny can get the most out of uh, Javier Hernandez, Chicharito, because it was a very, 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 and I'm going to emphasize, very disappointing season last year with i mean he was brought in to rival carlos what carlos vela is for lafc you know it was a big name mexican national player who has a very knack for goal scoring you know at least that's according to most people and he was expected to have that same role you know to be just at the right place at the right time find the back of the net somehow and it was very disappointing he only ended with two goals and in, in all, in all, out of all of the games last season. So, you know, he admitted it himself. It wasn't his best season. And he's been, I mean, if you've seen his Instagram, he's been working very hard to try and get back into shape. He feels like he owes the club a massive favor because, you know, of how poor he played last season. And I rightfully so, you know, we didn't just cough up, you know, a couple dollars and a freaking happy meal for this guy. We ended up paying a very hefty fee for him. So we're expecting performances. We're expecting, you know, consistency with him. So for Chicharito to kind of, you know, find himself under Greg Vanny is what we're all hoping for, you know, and can Greg Vanny actually make it, you know, an interesting battle for LA? You know, we know where LAFC is. Us as fans, we know where they stand. You know, they've been relevant in the playoffs, you know, at the top of the Western Conference. So, in the past, yes, you know, we had Slatan Ibrahimovic to to kind of help keep us relevant, to help save us, but he's no longer wearing the Galaxy uniform. He decided to go back to Europe and he is now goal scoring for AC Milan. Now it's it's time for a new chapter, you know, and we're having Greg Vanny lead that chapter. And whether he can make us relevant and make the 
LA rivalry better? I mean, that's us for us to find out because I mean the season hasn't played yet. But he turned Toronto FC from a laughing stock into a super club, you know, in a span of three years. So who's to say that he can't do the same, you know, for us? You know, we're sort of in a similar standing. We haven't had a very good run the last couple seasons, but you never know. If he did it once, why not do it again? So that's just uh that's kind of what I think. I mean, who knows whether it'll happen, but I really hope it does. I'm praying that it does. And I'm praying that we can give LAFC a run for their money because I had to hear this guy over here. I had to hear Alan just yap and yap about how LAFC has been more relevant, how they've taken over LA. And I'm just sitting here with, you know, just twiddling my thumbs because I can't really argue much about that. So I mean, we're he hoping wants to, he wants to tell me like, well, we won five uh, MLS clubs, but I'm like, bro, like that was what, seven years ago. That was the last one you guys won. It wasn't that and- long ago. So, I mean, um, and that was with David Beckham and Landon Donovan and Robbie King. But you guys haven't really, and I've my argument is, is that you guys haven't really found a player like that again to give you that drive. And you you tried it with Slatan, different formula, that didn't work. Chicharito was one other one, that didn't work. So I guess maybe just to add, you know, to your perspective of, of your squad, Jeremy, um, do you think the coach will get the best out of Chicharito? That's one question. And two, who do you think should also step up and try to lead this team into glory? You know, that's my other question. So Greg Vanny has said he since his appointment in January, he's put an emphasis on wanting to get the best out of Chicharito. He, he understands that, you know, he used to be a goal scorer in Europe and he understands that he's got just a natural sort of ability to know where to be at the right time. So he wants to surround Chicharito with what he feels would be the best supporting cast to give him the best opportunity to shine. You know, that's why we brought in, you know, the young French winger, Kevin Cabral from, I believe he used to play for the, he was, he came out of the PSG Academy. You know, we signed him as our young DP, you know, 22 years old, really, really, uh, you know, not much experience. You know, he was playing in the second division out in France. But the fact that he's, you know, got a lot of speed, he's got, you know, he's really quick with the ball. I, it's those, those are the types of players that Vanny wants surrounding Chicharito, you know. So I, I do believe that Vanny will get a much better version of Chicharito than we saw last season. I, I, I have a feeling that this is going to be a much more improved season for him. I can see Chicharito scoring around double digit goals. You know, I, I fully expect him to hit, you know, anywhere between the 12 to 15 goal range this season. I think that would be a good, a good start for him. And to kind of go back with the other additions that we've kind of had, you know, it's all of the blame cannot fall on Chicharito as much as we want to use him as a scapegoat. Like the galaxy have to look at, you know, how poor their defense was last season, how poor, you know, just overall, as a team, how they played, you know, there was times where they were great. You know, we had a run for, I think like six or seven games where we went unbeaten. And then there was a point where we were just playing poorly and it was just ties and losses and losses and ties. And it just wasn't making sense. So the the team as a whole needs to be more consistent. And I think one player who absolutely needs to just grab the bull by the horns and just lead like with example, by example, has to be Jonathan Dos Santos. And 
we know he's the workhorse for the galaxy. We under, everyone knows, you know, he's the other designated player for the galaxy. He's the other superstar on that team. And he has that engine where if he's playing well, the, the rest of the team plays well, but if he's playing poorly, that affects everyone else around him. And it, it makes everyone else, you know, kind of dip on their play. I feel like, he needs to have more of a locker room presence. He he has a very good relationship with most of the players that I've seen. You know, anytime I've seen videos, anytime I've seen, you know, any, any interaction, it's always positive with him. And I think that's great. And he needs to, you know, have more of that now more than ever, because they're in a period of transition with the new coach, you know, but they still have very high expectations of this team. So if he can continue to shine, if he can continue to stay healthy, and perform well and, you know, be that voice in the locker room to be able to call players out and tell them, you know, hey, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you should be doing better. And, you know, if he if he's able to make that type of criticism and the players are willing to listen, this is this could be a team that meshes really well, really fast and would be able to be a little more of a threat in the Western Conference than it's been in previous years. But again, this is all just kind of. What I'm seeing, you know, maybe other fans have seen otherwise. Maybe there's other people that think differently. You know, maybe there's other players that could step up. And I mean, again, as a whole, the team needs to play better if we even want to consider playoffs as a goal. So, I mean, either way, though, I'm still looking forward to the season. It doesn't matter whether we win, whether we lose. You know, it's it's I'm just glad soccer's back, period. So I agree. I agree. Um, Very good. Very good takes on your squad again. You know, regardless of the trash talk that I give Jeremy, you know, or we're just going back and forth, like you have to respect Galaxy again, even even before LAFC was established here, um, guys um, and girls. I used to uh, I used to be a LA Galaxy fan supporter as well. But that was when, you know, they just started during the Carlos Ruiz, Kobe Jones, Alexia last years. Those were the best um, years for me to experience in MLS here here in L.A., so, I mean, you got to, you know, those, and I was able to experience uh, titles in that time. Um, great, great title runs, obviously. Um, obviously, MLS was different back then. The rules were different. Um, what you see now was not how it was before, but I think it was still entertaining. But yeah, again, you know, Galaxy has that hole to fill. You know, when is the last, when is the next one for them? When is, when is that six cup coming for them? And, um, and again, they've tried numerous times, whether it's getting those star players or the right coach. It's just something that they need to they need. They just really need to find the right formula for them to figure it out. And then eventually, you know, start working the way back up in a way. I guess you can say they're kind of like the Lakers. They're trying to find their identity again, you know, and how, you know, they had to go through those years. You know, I had Jeremy, you remember, you know, <laughs> those miserable years, you know, with our draft picks or mm-hmm. just. We just didn't have, yeah, we just didn't have a squad at all. And we just try to play it out. But yeah, so, and for LEFC to come in, I guess you can say they're like the the bullies of the block. You know, they're trying to, you know, say to LA Galaxy, like, yo, like your time is, your time is, your time of shining is over. It's time for us to take over. But again, you know, now transitioning to that with my squad, you know, that's, that's the, that is basically the last, the last remaining thing that, LESC needs to do is to win the MLS Cup. You know, we've gone since our inaugural season three years ago up until now. Um, 
that's what's missing. You know, we did win the supporter shield two years ago, you know, huge accomplishment. We set up, we set up season, season records, season high records. And, you know, again, but we need that trophy. That's the only way, you know, as much as I can do, as much as trash talk I can do to Jeremy about his galaxy squad, we have to win a trophy to get the, to gain the respect of everyone in the league, to let them know like, Hey, we want one, but we want more. And then that will tell LA galaxy too. Like, well, you know, hey, they won one. So what about us? Like, what's going to go on with us? So, you know, if they went for more, then we can't really, you know, say anything because it's like now it's five and five. So it's like, well, it becomes it becomes like a Celtics and Lakers battle trying to trying to gain supremacy of, you know, the 18 championship rings or 17 to get the. Yeah, basically like that. So, again, you know, that's for LAFC. That's where we're at. Again, the only player that we've lost for LAFC was Brian Rodriguez. He got loaned out to Almaria in Spanish, I guess, to gain more experience. He's a very young kid, bright potential. Um, but, you know, and I believe he's doing he's doing all right out there. Um, and but for and then we added um, we gave Portland Timbers some trade in allocating money for Farfan a 22-year-old right-back defender. And I believe that was probably the best the best acquisition that we made as a team because we definitely needed a right-back. Because having Latif Blessing playing the right-back or Tristan Blackman, it just killed, you know, that kind of took away from having natural center-backs, you know, or um, or even having Latif Blessing helping out Twesta and Mark Anthony Kane in the midfield because Blessing is like, is, he's kind of like not, I mean, obviously, you know, Comparing these two players are very different, but I feel like our Leti blessing is kind of like the Kante of Chelsea, just everywhere, you know, running around, you know, get, uh, regaining balls, moving up to attack. So, um, so that for, for me, that was the biggest acquisition that we that we literally needed to fill apart from any other, you know, uh, position. So I'm excited to see how that's going to work out for us having Farfan there now kind of gives us a little bit of breathing room to put like Latif Blessing back into the midfield. Um, we definitely signed us. Uh, we kept our center back, Jose Murillo from Independiente Milenaros de, de Colombia. And um, we gave him the money. So we signed him. So now we have literally two natural center backs. So Tristan Blackman can go back to playing right back like he was before. So there's a lot of depth. Um, our, again, our midfield was intact. No one left. We have uh, Ginella, um, Atuesta, Martin Anthony Kane. Um, who else am I missing? I think, I think that's it. And so, obviously, we signed back Harvey, Jordan Harvey, as a left back. But um, Chiqui Palacios will be taking that left back but moving forward because he solidified his spot there. He's a great left back. I love him so much. He kind of gives me that, like um, – like Atono Valenza vibes. Jeremy knows who that is um, for the right back for Manchester United back Absolutely. in those glory days. Absolutely. So that's who, that's who, we, obviously, Atonio Valenza played right back, but that's who I get with uh, Chiquis playing left back, just going up and attack. So, and then our forwards, you know, our main man, obviously, is Carlos Vela, um, the king of the king of MLS. So um, he solidified that with this goal scoring, you know, just setting his tone here. And, in in uh, in LA and we have he has Rossi to the side <clears throat> and then we have um and then I'm not sure who's gonna play the right wing 
but we'll definitely see, you know, today I'll check out the game and see who he decides to play right wing. Um, the only big loss for me as a for LAFC is losing Diomande. Um, he was the big, he was our big, big rock up top. You know, he and Bella connected pretty well. So definitely, um, you know, we'll get to see who fills the void. We did sign two uh, forwards in the super draft. Some of them just coming off, coming off graduating from college. So we'll see how they fare and they adapt to our system and, you know, they adapt to MLS. So, but yeah, that's my take on LAFC. Again, the big shoof to fill is just winning the cup. That's all we need to solidify status into MLS and say like, Hey, LAFC's here. They mean business. Um, I've never been a big fan of Bob Bradley, just, just to throw it out there. Um, although he's give, he's brought success to the club, which, you know, I admire, but his tactics sometimes just throws me off where I'm like, I don't know why he does this or that. So I feel like if he doesn't achieve winning it this year, even if we make playoffs, even if we make a, even if we make a top spot, I think it's time to transition to someone else, like to a different coach, to a different mentality can bring out the best out of these players, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it fares for them. Um, again, you know, it's always, you know, who's going to be the top dog here in LA between the galaxy and LEFC. So, cause we're literally only down like a couple blocks away <laughs> from from our stadiums it's only a 10 mile i think 10 mile difference between the bank of california and the dignity health stadium so yeah so definitely you know it's it's high expectations for both clubs um i think you know for lafc they have they have more shoes to fill because again you have you have these uh, sport uh, sport bet groups all that you know trying to uh, pick who's going to win the best and we always get picked and half the time, I'm like, well, I'm flattered, you know, like, I don't see us winning it every year. But the fact that these uh, groups are recognizing us says a lot, you know, that we have potential to win it. So for us, for LAFC fans, fans and their supporters, that's what it is. We just need to lift the trophy and get the shoulders off our back and now continue on, you know, being hungry. So with that, you know, that can attract more players to come play for us. You know, again, Vela is hitting, I believe, is hitting his last uh, year or two with us. So at one point, we're going to have to look for his replacement, like another team leader, you know. So obviously, you know, Jeremy did probably this excites him, but Messi, you know, Ronaldo eventually, you know, hey, they might, you know, decide to come MLS. Where will they go? Who knows? You know, so we'll see. But those are our takes for our prospective teams. I think now transitioning, I think Jeremy and I can talk about, you know, the one club that really needs to make a name for itself is David Beckham's club, Inter Miami. And Jeremy, what are your thoughts about Inter Miami? What do you think? Like, how do you think they'll fare this year? Yeah, Inter Miami is a very interesting topic of conversation, you know, because for those of you know, for those of you who have not been sort of keeping up with the headlines uh, in MLS, Inter Miami just got into some hot water because they were charged with having four designated players when the rule is that they can only have three designated players. So it, it's, it's been rough for them. You know, uh, David Beckham has kind of found himself in some hot water, but I mean, you think about the names that they had, you know, they had a, uh, it's Gonzalo Higuain, you know, that's number one. You have Blase Matuidi, you know, who's a, a very good holding midfielder for, for inter Miami. They had, uh, 
Rodolfo Pizarro, the for those Mexico fans, you know exactly who he is, and he is a stud out in Inter Miami. And do you remember the fourth designated player, Alan? Because that name is not coming to my head right now, and I'm trying to. Remember. So, I guess um, his name is Pellegrini. That's his oh, last Pe- name. that's right, Pellegrini. There you go. Yeah, that's his last name. So, add to add to what Stur- uh, Jeremy was saying. So yeah, so I guess what Inter Miami was trying to do was that they were hoping that he landed in the specific category for him not to qualify as a DP player. More like um, it was I think it was based on like Trey allocated money or something around that. Yeah, they used they 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 designated Pellegrini as a player that was acquired with that type of money. They didn't consider exactly. him. Yeah. So. But, however, MLS didn't recognize it that way. So because of that, I, I think this is where Germany was going to lead to. Because of that, they had to um, – it it sucks. You know, it really sucks the situation. But they really had to tell Pellegrini, like, yo, like, you can't play for us this year because we can't really pay you what you want to get paid for because we're, we already have three players, you know. And it, it was a tough situation. You know, I read the article. It was really tough, you know for Pellegrini, his representatives, and for the club itself. I'm sure for Beckham, he was gutted for that to happen to this player. But, you know, they try to make – they're trying to – it doesn't mean that's all – that's it for Pellegrini. He just got – he was just downgraded to the Fort Lauderdale, the USL, the second second affiliate for for Inter Miami. But, yeah, um, Jeremy's going to add more to this story. But, yeah, that's to give you a little breakdown of what, you know, what's going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and he, Alan explained it very well. But, you know, again, despite them being in hot water, you know, they still have Pizarro, Higuain, and Matuidi on the roster as the designated players. And I mean, that's a pretty good, you know, trio of designated players to have on a team. You know, the expectations for Inter Miami, I feel like, are, are a little bit high. You know, it's not to say that they're MLS Cup favorites, but. You know, with names like what I just mentioned, you know, and with an owner like David Beckham, you know, you expect success, you know, and it might not come instant, you know, and that's what the Inter Miami fans need to realize. But at the end of the day, those expectations are still they're, they're put on Miami for a reason, you know, and it's it's they need they need to perform well in the Eastern Conference because. I mean, you look at teams in the East, you know, there's been teams like Atlanta United that shined very, very well from the start. You know, you look at, you know, other teams like the Columbus crew, who are the reigning MLS Cup champions, you know, and you look at what they've done, how they've gotten stronger, and they're doing this with the, they did it with a first year head coach last season. So it's a lot to ride on for Inter Miami, but I, I do think that, you know, with them facing the Galaxy in their first game, I think that's what's going to make for a pretty good story. You know, and that game isn't until Sunday at noon, I believe. Yeah, Sunday at noon. But I think this is going to be a good test for not just the Galaxy, but for Inter Miami as well. You know, this is this is David Beckham playing, you know, his the team he owns versus the team he used to play for. You know, he even said it himself that this is the first time in his history and ever that he's going to be rooting against the galaxy. He says there's, there's, there's not many circumstances where I'd root for, you know, against them, but this is, this happens to be one of them. And I mean, who can blame him? It's his own team. I, I would, I would sure feel like crap if, you know, I own a team and I say, Hey, I'm not going to go for you guys. I'm going for the team I used to play for. I, that's, that just doesn't work. So 
big test for them. You know, big test, big test for Inter Miami. It, I mean, it's only going to be one game. It's only the first game of the season. But for a lot of teams, this is what sets the tone for the rest of the season. This is what kind of dictates the pace and says, okay, this is, you know, kind of how you start off either a, if you start off with the win, can you continue it? Or B, if you start off with the loss, can you bounce back and recover from it and get back on your feet? So a lot of expectations for the Inter Miami team. I, I do think they're going to do pretty well. I'm expecting them to make playoffs. You know, I do think that the Eastern Conference is not extremely difficult. I don't think it's as as rough as the Western Conference. I think the Western Conference is a little more challenging. But nonetheless, you know, Inter Miami just has to make it into the top seven. You know, if they can make it into the top half of the table in the Eastern Conference, then they qualify for playoffs. And then from there, anything can happen. So, I mean, do you have anything else to add, Alan? It's, it's, Inter Miami is a pretty interesting club to talk about. No, it is. Um, again, they 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 were ready to go, but then after getting hit with that um, DP situation, it changes a lot of things. So, but I mean, yeah, again, they have three key big players that can you know lead the club into bigger heights. Um, again, I'm sure Beckham's gonna do everything to make sure that you know there's their success brought into this club. I'm sure he's now you know knowing that being an owner isn't easy. You know, you got to come through a lot of strains, a lot of, a lot of little, you come through a little, through a lot of hiccups, you know, you got to go through. So in order to bring success into the squad, but yeah, um, Inter, Inter Miami is probably like one of the, one of the teams is going to be focused on a lot to make sure to see, you know, um, how they're doing, how they, how they're going to go. And that's because of David Beckham, you know, because everyone knows who he is. You know, he was a very successful player out in Europe and here, you know, he bought, he brought, I believe, two MLS Cups, Jeremy. Yeah, he was two. Yeah, it was, he was part of the and two Cups. So, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, Inter Miami is one of those key, uh, teams that are going to be, they're going to have a lot of, you know, eyes on to see how they perform. Again, we can probably talk about, you know, you know, who are potential title contenders. Seattle Sounders is always up there for that. Um, out here in the Western Conference. Um, I think uh, LEFC is up there too in the Eastern Conference side. Um, I think Atlanta Columbus. United. Yeah, Atlanta is always up there. Columbus Crew. Columbus Crew. They because they're the reigning champions and they lost nobody. They didn't lose anyone from the team that played in the MLS Cup final. They're they're considered as one of the favorites in the East as well. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see how MLS turns out. Hopefully, you know, again, it um, there's there's a lot of right. You know, for both our clubs, you and I, for Galaxy and LAFC, a lot. Just to just to add, um, but we'll we'll definitely see how things fare. Um, it's it's a long season. Obviously, there's 34 games being played. The moment the moment you should start worrying about how your teams are gonna do is when you know you're playing like your 28th game and the groups are being and the tables being cited. So, and then just to add, I mean, Austin FC is probably the other the other team. That's going to be eyeball to see how they do as an expansion team. You know, not again, like Jeremy said, there's only been a couple expansion teams that's, that have been, that have ride the ship and say like, okay, they're legit, you know, and now Seattle Sounders, LAFC did that too, you know? So I think Toronto FC set that tone as well. So, and, um, and there's up and there's, and there's certain ones that are upcoming too. There's uh, expansion teams coming in next year. So, um, but yeah, um, definitely again, 
to our fellow listeners, current and uh, new. This is what MLS is going to bring to you, and I hope you guys enjoy the games that I watch. Um, you don't have to follow LA Galaxy or LAFC. Check out the games, see who becomes your team to watch. So definitely, you know, check them out. Um, if you pick them out because of the colors, hey, you know, that's dope too. More so, power too. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. I was, I was just thinking about that. You know, if if there's you know, you don't have to necessarily side with the Galaxy or with LAFC just because Alan and I are talking about them. You know, if you're a supporter for Seattle or if you're a supporter for Houston Dynamo or for FC Dallas or for just any other MLS team, you know, hey, that's that's fine. You know, more power to you. But, you know, whether it's uh, the favorite colors, you know, kind of catching your eye, whether it's the logo looking really cool or whether there's a former player who used to play for your favorite European team that came over here and they're on a team and you want to root for them now. I mean, whatever the reason is, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a fan of a specific team or not. Just enjoy the beautiful game of soccer. That's, that's I think, one of the key parts to kind of just think about at the end of the day. We're all watching this beautiful game being played. And the fact that it's back pretty close to normal, I think, is great, you know, and it's it's a lot again it, it might be a lot to take in you know 34 games is quite quite a commitment it's not for everybody but you know I, at the end of the day if you manage to follow through and stick it through all the way i mean hey that's great you know I, alan and i sure do we keep up with it like it's a religion so i mean that's that's just us though you don't we're not saying yeah. you have to be at that level i mean yeah you could though eventually you know yeah. go ahead and try it but um yeah definitely i agree you know, again, I'm just glad, you know, MLS is back. You know, fans are able to go back to watch the games because that's a, that's literally what's been missing for these soccer matches. So, and, um, and again, me and Jeremy, you know, he's a Man United fan, Liverpool fan, and we see that too in the games that we watch. You know, fans are missing. So we're just glad that they're back. And definitely, you know, guys, you know, now that now that fans are back, you guys should definitely check out a game. You know, I recommend I highly recommend an LAFC game only because of the atmosphere, because I, I think Jeremy can add to that. You know, he's that's where he mentioned earlier that he's attended and the atmosphere is just great. Awesome. You know, so and um, I've been to LA Galaxy game and I mean, I've it, it's all right, you know, not not to the not to the same, you know, expectations as LAFC. But yeah, now that we're able to go back, check out the games, you know, whether it's El Trafico, which I highly doubt. That's a very hot game. So, you know, tickets are sold out on a daily, but um, definitely, you know, check them out. But yeah, I think Jeremy can add to that, you know, about attending those games. Yeah. I mean, so uh, here's here's kind of the breakdown between the two, the two fan bases, between the two different experiences at the stadium, because like like Alan said, I've gone to both, you know, and I've gone to both recently as well, you know, just pre-COVID, right before COVID. You know, I I was with Alan. Uh, for LAFC's home opener last season when they took on Inter Miami, you know, uh, that's that was a great experience. You know, I've gone to a couple games before and here's here's my takeaways from the two differences. So the L.A. Galaxy Stadium, you know, Dignity Health, you know, their their experience is it's great. It's not to take away anything from them, but I do think that their audience is more towards having a family friendly stadium, you know, being able to. You know, that that's a stadium where you would want to take your kids to to go watch a soccer game at, you know, because you have a little bit of the supporter section, you know, where you can see them singing, chanting, you know, yelling for 90 minutes. 
And then there's the other part of the stadium where you're just, you know, you have, you can sit down with your food, you know, just watch the game just peacefully, you know, and it, it's a different experience, you know, it's, it's definitely family oriented, but the experience at the bank of California stadium and at an LAFC game is much different because what they tried replicating was more of what the European soccer teams have, you know, and that's being able to have a sort of not necessarily more electric stadium, but just to have a fan, a fan base that's integrated into the game as much as possible. And they were able to successfully do that with the three, two, five, two, their supporter section, you know, that's right behind the North goal of the bank of California stadium. And I mean, again, as a soccer fan, I can tell you guys that that is, it's almost unparalleled in the MLS, you know, to be able to see one giant wall of just black jerseys, staring right at you hearing them sing hearing them chant seeing them move as one group it, it's it's a very different experience you know and i can see why a lot of people would want to go to one of those games because again that replicates what europe does it replicates you know what the best of the best do you know when when teams and fan bases you know look at how they can be better you know how they can improve the experience they look at the teams in europe because the teams in europe have it down right to the team they know exactly what to do they have it down to where it's extremely enjoyable it's passionate it, it's it creates an atmosphere like no other sports experience in the world so with lafc trying to replicate that i feel like they've done a pretty good job at that you know it's it's been pretty successful if i if i can say so myself you know there's a couple fan bases that i can say rival them you know, I would definitely put Atlanta United up there because their their games are nearly sold out every game and their stadium seats close to 70,000 seats, which is ridiculous to sell out every game. So I think that's big. You know, Portland is another squad that has a very passionate fan base. The Timbers Army is always very, very fun to kind of see on TV. You know, they have a they have the giant log that they always cut a piece out of with a chainsaw every time they score a goal. I mean, it's it's fun to watch. It's a very different experience. But again, there's not to say there's anything wrong with the Galaxy Stadium because, uh, you know, being at the games, it's always fun. It's always great. You know, we have fireworks for the, you know, pregame ceremony. It's it's great. You know, it's always fun. And again, it, it is a bit of a difference between the two stadiums. But nonetheless, I think going to either one, it's still great. It's still fun. You know, you still get to watch soccer, you know, and at the end of the day, that's what we kind of all go to see anyways. So very different experiences, but very fun experiences to say the least. Yeah, true. So I've, again, I've, I've gone to, um, I was lucky enough to attend both the traficals, you know, they first started, I was able to see the, the games out there and, um, at the stub, well, it was considered stub up then, you know, for the be. galaxy. Yeah, yeah, used, used to, to be, and um, out there, and then out there at the box. So yeah, great, great experiences. You know, the rivalry is there, like you know, I've seen. So it's it's amazing. So definitely, you know, I can't wait till um, you know, we're able to have fans back fully and experience that. And um, with that, Jeremy, any final thoughts of this segment? Just one quick little fun fact to add in case everyone listening to this was wondering well you know who who has a better record head-to-head between galaxy and lafc 
Galaxy actually leads the series. We have four wins to LAFC's three wins. And we've tied three times total. So Galaxy's leading four to three. And we've tied three separate times. So, you know, we play three more times this season. Can LAFC turn it around? Can they take the lead? You know, we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, you think about El Trafico, you know, a lot of people look at that very first game as one of the more memorable games in MLS, considering the circumstances. It was the first El Trafico ever. That was Slatan Ibrahimovic's debut. There was a lot that happened in that game. It was absolutely insane. And that's a game that, you know, I was able to work and I will forever hold close to my heart. Like, I remember everything about the game, the atmosphere. I remember seeing the wall of black jerseys in the corner, you know, where the supporter section was for LAFC. I remember how loud it was, you know, when Slatan scored the goal. It was it was unlike anything I've ever experienced before, you know. So El Tráfico is always fun to watch. If you guys need to watch one game in the MLS, it has to be El Tráfico. It's it's unlike any other rivalry in the MLS, I feel like. It's going to be interesting to see if, you know, again, like I said, you know, LAFC's, they're only down by one win in the series. It's not to say that we're, you know, completely blowing them out. But with three more games to play, it's just something to see if uh, LAFC can either take the lead, you know, whether Galaxy can expand on their lead, you know, to have head-to-head bragging rights. I mean, it's 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 going to be a lot, you know. LAFC can say that they've beat us in the playoffs. That is something that we can't necessarily take away from them. That match, I believe, was 5-3. You know, that was also an entertaining match in itself to watch. But to be on the losing end wasn't fun. At the end of the day, hey, it's it's it happens. You know, we can't win them all. So it, it should be fun, though. Again, you know, whether you're cheering for one of the L.A. teams or you're cheering for, you know, nobody, it, it it's you should definitely catch MLS Any any MLS action to that you can possibly get. It should be good. Yeah, I agree. And again, Jeremy said it best, um, you know, season series wins are cool and all, but playoffs is what matters. So for me, you know, uh, kicking Galaxy out in the playoffs was bittersweet than, you know, them, even if they beat us four times in the in the season because it does it really didn't matter playoffs is what matter because that's that playoffs is the one that leads you to the cup so yeah those were bittersweet moments you know that's something i will forever hold like slantan may have you know scored that you know make it four three you know half court shot but then i'll be like well i mean we kicked them out in playoffs and we had the last laugh so you know um but yeah definitely for anybody you know go ahead and enjoy um any mls cup game that wherever you're listening from, um, whether it's here in LA, any any state, you know, I'm sure at some point, I'm sure every single state might have an MLS team. Who knows how the what direction MLS might go by then? Imagine, yet, like yeah. Alaska having a team. I think, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. That'd be cool. And then like their stadium, kind of like an igloo shape. Yeah, giant igloo. igloo. Damn, that'd be yeah. fantastic. They call it the the Arctic Zone. Damn. Damn. Damn, at the supporter section. Wow, we need it. You know what? No one, no, everyone stop the podcast. We're, we're done. We need to patent this. We're going to start an MLS. <laughs> For real. Talent. Let's go. We're going to invest our money. Yeah. So definitely, you know, to our listeners, you know, go ahead and, you know, watch any games if you guys can. So, and give it a shot. And, but definitely a Trafico is special. So go ahead and watch it. So, with that, you know, Jeremy, you know, we're hitting down the last roadblock of our podcast, you know, any final thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, so the segment is called 90 Minutes, and it would be a sin if we only talked about MLS and not the rest of the world, you know, what's going on in soccer. So we did put out, you know, the Champions League special edition episode. If you want to go check that out, I believe that is episode number three. But in our most recent episode, we recapped the first leg of the quarterfinals, and it was quite a round of quarterfinals that we had. And I mean, we just had the second leg being played this past week. And I mean, Alan, that it lived up to the hype just like the first leg did, you know? Oh, yeah, it did. Obviously, you know, Liverpool got blown out by Real Madrid. Same aggregate. They, they, they finished tied, but no one scored. But <clears throat> Real Madrid advanced on a Wiggles. The Dortmund game had me going. Um, when I saw that they scored first, I was like, wow, like, you know, I'm pretty sure Man City fans are just, you know, shaking. You know, they can't believe what's going on. They're about, to, they're going through this again. But they, they fared and they won on aggregate four two and they advanced. So, and then the PSG game was was another, you know, shocker. Um, Byron did score that one goal that they needed, but they needed one more to, you know, force extra time or win it. But um. They won one nothing and PSG advance on away goals, and um, for and then for Porto and Chelsea that they did lose. Chelsea lost one nothing, but because of their two away goals, Chelsea advance. So, ladies and gentlemen, the final four is um, you have Chelsea playing Real Madrid and PSG playing Man City. Good matchups. No one thought that Real Madrid would be there because of their center back situation, but Zidane is playing his cards, doing everything right, and he got him in there. Tucho has really been the resurgence of Chelsea. He's really brought that club back to where it needs to be. So that's a that's a big step forward for them. And then on the other side, PSG being back to the semis, I think they're just for me, it's more uh it's like a revenge tour for them trying to win it from last year. Pochettino's finding all the pieces together, and Bop is playing the best football that you that you could that ask for. Best in the world right now, I feel like. Yeah, and then Neymar, Neymar's playing to where he needs to be to be that best, that best player as well. And then for Man City, you know they they broke that curse of never passing the quarterfinals. They they finally did it. Now they're into a new phase of semifinals, but they are playing against a PSG team that is in Dortmund. So I don't know, man. Like this. This that tie is exciting to watch, but I and then the funny thing about that is that Pochettino knows Pep Guardiola because he had Tottenham for a couple of years in the Premier League, but only this time, you know, if I was Pochettino, he can do the evil, the evil, um, you know, the evil, uh, the evil laugh or like you know, or go with his thumbs up like uh, like Austin Goldman, like the like Doctor Evil, guy like Doctor Evil, you know, he has a better squad. You know, a better fo- he has a better forward, not to take away from Harry Kane, but he has a better forward, a better midfield, and good defense. So we'll much better see. team, much better and team I, than what he had at Tottenham. Yeah, and might add, you know, for Man City fans, if there's any here that are listening to us, you guys just lost, you know, Kevin Dembayun to injury today. Um, they had the FA Cup semifinal with Chelsea, and K- K- KVB just got injured, so. There you go. There's a big blow into the squad. We don't know how we don't know how long it's gonna be. I heard it's a knee injury. So yeah. So Man City fans, uh, yeah. If I was you, I light up all the candles. You know, put a La Virgen de Guadalupe. 
something like that because you know you guys definitely need it because you know psg are coming in hot they really want to go back to the final win it all so and on the other side i mean again it's it's another good tie too because for tuchel you know he's doing a lot you know he's doing a lot for chelsea and for real madrid i mean they are the kings of europe for a reason you know they won it 13 times so for the fact that they're back in the semis it's not it's nothing new to them so not a surprise yeah especially under zidane you know they had that period where they won three consecutive champions league you know trophies with him at the helm so for them to return that's not a surprise you know but i I still think that is going to be an interesting leg you know and i know alan is going to be rooting for chelsea to win it all because if chelsea wins that that means that there's a chance there's a better chance that liverpool qualifies for the champions league next season so that 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 that, i mean good news you know good news for him and it's there is a chance that maybe chelsea does pull this off you know maybe they do make it to the finals I'm not guaranteeing that Real Madrid will win. I do think it's that, that's up in the air. You know, we've seen Chelsea perform very, very well, you know, lately. But we also saw them lose 5-2 to, you know, 19th place West Brom. So, you know, we've seen the good and the bad uh, of from Chelsea. And which Chelsea team will show up is what we're going to have to wait and see. But nonetheless, I do think that both legs are going to be great. Like you said, you know, uh, the PSG getting their revenge on Bayern was big. Them trying to just get revenge from what happened last season is kind of what the story is for this coming season. And it just so happens that Man City is, you know, going to be the next opponent for them. So I do think this is PSG series to lose. I do think uh, with De Bruyne suffering that injury, you know, it's unfortunate. You never want to wish an injury upon a player like that, you know, and I know a lot of teams would rather say that, you know, they play, they want to play other teams at their best so that there's no excuses as to why they lost. But, you know, we're going to have to see if uh, Guardiola can can pull some strings, make some magic I mean, they're happen. still good. I mean, not to take away Man City's depth. They're still good. They have Kudogan. He, I think he was filling in that role while he was out by the time. So I, there's still no excuses for Man City, like regardless. You know, I don't like I could. I could care less what they ride. They could cry me a river all day long. Like there's no excuses, you know. Um, it's just because that this is basically the same thing with Liverpool. You know, they were expecting us to win it again this year and injuries hit us. And we literally have injuries where Man City hardly has any, you know, it, it just hits them at the wrong time. But, you know, losing KBB is not big. They have, you know, Iker, Gudogan, fit that can fill that role because he was having a good streak while he was out. So he was, um, yeah, he was arguably Man City's best player. Yeah. You know, so that stretch. I mean, again, Man City fans, you got no excuses. So, you know, you guys got to write it all and you guys got to win it. You know, this is how adversity, this is probably the biggest test for you guys through adversity and see how you guys can come out and get the W. So um, for both legs, but yeah, that's um so that's the, those are the results for the league. Um, again, you know, hopefully, um, we'll see. Um, they're not taking place until April twenty seventh, April twenty seventh so, and twenty eighth, and the twenty eighth. So, um, and I believe it'll it'll the re- start. The return leg is supposed to be uh, May fourth and May fifth. You know, so there you go. Um, yeah, it'll be the uh, Real Madrid and Chelsea will kick things off on Tuesday, April twenty seventh. And then PSG Man City will follow the very next day. And then the return leg, the PSG Man City leg will kick off Tuesday, May 4th. 
And then the very next day, Chelsea Madrid, May 5th. All the game times are 12 p.m. noon. So be sure to tune in if you want to see who could possibly be the European champion because the Champions League final is not set until May 29th. That is Saturday, May 29th, also set for a 12 p.m. kickoff. So it's going to be interesting to see who is crowned as the king of Europe. Yes, it is. So, you know, um, check those out. Check those games out. They're going to come soon, and they're going to be great matchups. With that, Jeremy, anything else you want to add before we close this out? Yeah, things have been uh, – it's been – very interesting going on, you know, in all of soccer. It doesn't have to be just Champions League or, you know, just here in the MLS. I mean, if for those of you that watch other soccer leagues, you know, we have the the very tight title race out in Spain. There's also the fight for the top four in the Premier League that is going down to the wire. I mean, you look at the Serie A in Italy, and that title race is also good. You know, there's just good soccer being played everywhere. So if you have not checked out a soccer game yet, you need to stop living under a rock. You need to turn on your TV, and you need to just tune into one game because I'm here to tell you guys it is not as boring as people say it is. It's very fun to watch. It's always moving. It's never just kind of standing still. So Check a game out, whether it's here in the MLS, whether it's a Champions League game, whether it's any other league in Europe. Definitely be sure to tune in to some type of soccer because there's a reason why it's the most popular sport in the world. The best sport in the world, should I my head. Agreed. But um but with that, we're now we're gonna dive in and talk about next week's next week's podcast. A little preview. And it's a good one. And it's a good one. You know, obviously we have we're gonna talk about the Lakers and their and their last uh couple games of their seven game road trip that they had before they came back home and opened the home stand against Boston um dive into that I think you know for our I think all our Laker fans on here know what game we're gonna really really you know dive into and talk about the next and then yeah and then um then we're gonna talk about the Dodgers and how they're doing finished finished their home stand six and oh the first team ever to do that um in a season to start um, the record, right? The record uh, before you know yesterday's game, um, they were eleven and three, best start um, in all of baseball for a former cha- for a World Series champion. And then, and then we're gonna dive into the San Diego series, which I'm sure all all of our listeners are watching the games right now. Yesterday we were treated to a very great game. Um, it was like a World Series game, only you know the parties aren't an East team; it was more of a West versus West team. But uh, yeah, it was great. Jeremy's going to add some comments to that, but that's what we're going to dive into. And then we'll give you guys an update on um, the MLS to see, you know, how our teams fare, LAFC, LA Galaxy, and just overall. But yes, to my fellow listeners, new and current, like tune in next week because it's going to be dope. Yeah, more more going on next week you know uh, we're excited to be able to talk about the dodgers we haven't had a chance to speak on them too much you know not on this episode at all but you know there's a lot been going on with them a lot of very great performances from them you know that first game against san diego that alan was talking about is an early game of the year candidate i mean you think about everything that happened in the game you know we had a fan run on the field you know we had 
the dramatic home runs that happened, you know, consistently throughout the game, you know, there was a, there was a brawl that almost broke out in extra innings and the game went into extra innings. That might I mention? I mean, it, it was a lot going on in the game. If you have not seen it, you need to go find a replay of it somehow because that's early game of the season candidate right there. And we definitely, we're definitely going to come at you guys with more Dodger talk, more Lakers talk. You know, we're going to update you guys with those teams in next week's episode. And we will be providing, like Alan said, an update on how our LA soccer teams did in their first game of the season. You know, how did they do in their home opener? Did they win? Did they lose? How did they play? Was it bad? Was it good? You know, were there some improvements? You know, is it the same as last season? I mean, there's going to be a lot that we're going to dive into, but that is all for next week's episode. You know, for this episode, it is now time to say goodbye. It is now. Actually, no, it's not goodbye. It's more like a see you later. We'll be here next week. I feel you, Jeremy. So, to And again, just real quick before we end it, I want to give a huge shout out to all our, you know, current listeners who listen to us on a daily. We love you guys. Um, and to any new, any new listener that are coming our way to listen, you know, thank you guys for taking your time out of your day to listen to us. Um, to all our friends, you know, that... You know, share us on IG. I appreciate we appreciate all of you. And foremost, you know, for Calcy Fullerton for letting me do this podcast. Um, for my classmates that gave me the support for me to do it, and for my professor as well for pushing me to do it. This has been a great experience overall, and it's gonna continue on as we go. But with that, you know, for me and my co and my co-host Jeremy, we out. Mm-hmm.